Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming and joining us tonight on today's session on Those That Can Do. You get to learn from all of the masters. Today we've got, obviously, joined, uh, well, Patrick and I, obviously, as always. And today we've got Jason Norville, our guest speaker, advisor at Reach Trading Premium. Uh, for those of you that are thinking, what is Reach? And the, the, uh, the, for those of you that haven't heard about Reach Trading Premium, uh, this is our group of uh, advisors that work alongside us. There uh, There's four of you up in Sydney, um, and uh, we do a fair bit of work together. As you can see, I'm trying to look a lot more like Jason. Uh, if you can see our webcams, I'm trying to grow quite a fancy beard myself, but I keep getting distracted. Uh, and Patrick is clean-shaven as always. <laughs> I shaved three days ago. Mine's a, mine's a month. <laughs> Yeah. Right, mind about five minutes. Um, <laughs> today we're going to talk about a whole heap of different stuff. But Patrick, do you want to read the uh, disclaimer because you are the best at this? Yeah, um, yeah, and, and just before I do, um, we've, there's, we've um, got a few people that would have been joining us uh, who are playing the options trading game, so it might be one of the first times they're coming along to those that can do sessions. So just by way of introduction, every week we have a, a trader join us. Uh, it could be a private trader, uh, you know, successful private trader. It could be a professional uh, funds manager, someone who's a, a prop trader. It could be someone from the industry. Quite often the ASX join us or uh, market makers and a whole range of different people come in each week. And it's an opportunity for us to have a, what we call a fireside chat, and just, just, just talk about how they got into trading, what's important to them, uh, what they think makes someone successful, if they want to share any of their rules for approaching trading or picking direction, the type of strategies, maybe a chat about what's happening in the market, those kind of things. Anyway, there you go. Any advice contained on the session? What were you going to say, Ivan? I oh, know Sean just made a comment, Ivan, you look like the love child of those two either side of you. Yep, but may have been how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a we went it's the greatest compliment you'll ever receive, Ivan. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any yeah, advice? Being any any uh, advice contained in tonight's presentation, general only, doesn't take into consideration your personal circumstances. You need to decide for yourself whether it's appropriate for you. Past returns are not an accurate indicator of future returns, and... Um, options trading and trading full stop is risky if you do not know what you're doing. And um, uh, so for those of you that are new, um, doing things like playing the options trading game is an excellent way of uh, actually learning how to apply the things that you're being taught or learning. Uh, and these types of sessions are a great way to hear from people that have been doing it for a long period of time and get different insights. And so, yeah, so there you go. Thanks for joining. Oh, the other thing is if you want to ask a question, uh, you can just type it into the questions box at any point in time and we'll try and read them out as we go. Um, and uh, we've got a bunch of questions that we'll ask uh, Jason, but really um, we want to hear your questions and um, uh, so please um, please put them forward. All right. Another thing is, is also it's all completely unscripted and unprepared. So, uh, Jason, we're going to put you on the spot with some stuff to get ready. Go for it. Yeah. Um, a quick question. So, firstly, a compliment to your. Uh, Sean just mentioned that you are the better looking out of all of us. Oh, so, thanks, Sean. Thanks, mate. I yeah. appreciate it. 
Um, if you Sorry, want, well, Sean, we, we can we can share Jason's number later. It's fine. Uh, URL <laughs> link tradinggamesoptionsgame.com.au and obviously the trading platforms are by volatility. But Jason, tell us a little bit what you do day to day and um, how do you go about your day? Full stop. <laughs> sure. Well, obviously being a broker, um, we're watching the market all the time. Uh, that starts from when you first wake up or sometimes during the night you're looking at your phone checking what the what the prices are doing depending on what trades you've got on. Um, we're coming in the morning, read a, read a bunch, bunch of research, have a chat about um, all the different ideas we have for the day or what we've got on. Um, and, uh, you know, around the, the market open, that's usually a pretty busy time to uh, see, see what, how did it, you know, what's going to be happening in the day. Obviously, we look at, you know, what happened in the U.S. the night before. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a big one to get a bit of a lead, um, what the futures are showing for the day. Um, and we kind of pick um, strategies around that. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of traditional traders would just come up with um, their style of trading. Uh, being a broker, it's uh, it's a little different for me because uh, we're watching the market all the time. So it's more about reading the market, seeing which way it's, which way it's going, and and coming up with the relevant strategy uh, to match. Not to say that we trade all, all the time. Um, you know, it's it's that's only when there's uh, something there to be done. Um, so what percentage of your clients are like self-directed um, and how many would be sort of looking to you for trade ideas? Uh, there's, there's a mix. And then, you know, some of the self-directed guys like to like to look to us for, for some trade ideas as well. So um, we, we've certainly got some very sophisticated traders um, and um, guys that have been trading options for 15, 20 plus years. Um, uh, that know what they're doing, um, but even even that, that they sometimes ask us for um, you know different trade suggestions or different ideas. Uh, then we've got some clients, of course, that um, just are interested in um, trading ideas and strategies and and want us to walk them through how they all work and um, you know or or they might even have a view on a stock. Say you know um, we we think. Uh, for example, Macquarie might go down. Um, how best to trade that? Um, yeah. you know, and we, we we can go through that. Um, there's mm. there's a, many many options. Pardon the pun. Yeah, mm. I think that's and, just probably um, something we should chat about a little bit more towards the end of the session. Just around about how someone who is directional might use options to express that opinion, or, or how you would go about doing that. Uh, because obviously, you know, one part of the trick is is picking the direction, and then the second part of the trick is, I guess. Picking uh, the strategy, right strategy, um, yeah, a whole dimension to that. But you got into trading um, a little bit differently to, um, well, to uh, to how most brokers got into broking. Um, how? Tell, tell us a little bit about your background, where you started, your 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 overseas experience, and then um, how specifically. Yeah, sure. You get so. Um, straight out of out of uni, I went over to London. Um, worked there for a couple of years in funds management companies. Um, worked in London for two years, in Dublin for a year. Um, that gave me a, a nice broader view on the world markets. Uh, came back to Australia and, and worked for Macquarie Bank and in a margin lending area in uh, 06. Um, straight this one thing I immediately realised was how small the Australian market was compared to the international market because there's a 
21-year-old, I was doing 20, 30 million dollar trades in London to coming back to Australia. It's a, it's a different game, but um, you know that that was leading up to what we now know was the GFC. Um, so 2006, seven, and into eight uh, was uh, I, I got into trading more, buying stocks, going long. Um, you know, it wasn't too out there at that time. Um, did all my relevant um, accreditation for derivatives because I started to get a little bit of interest in derivatives. Um, I think, you know, at that time, uh, everyone was just buying and making money. It was just, it was an interesting time between 03 and 07. The market just kept on going in one direction. Um, and obviously that changed quite dramatically. So being in the margin lending area was very interesting during the GFC because you got to see not only the market selling off aggressively, but you also got to see uh, what the margin effect of selling was as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, Macquarie Bank, to use an example, was $98 and went all the way down to $15 um, during the GFC, roughly. That um, must have been an area of, uh, of a bank during that. Was that, you know, were you required to be part of the process of closing people out? What yeah, you... absolutely. Yeah, we were we were involved in, um, I mean, the job, so I was a, an account manager at the time, so the job was very much a um, part-time psychologist as well as being, uh, you know, yeah. doing all the day-to-day -day tasks. Um, you know, I looked after people's individual accounts um, or yeah. I was the liaison between uh, the advisors and, um yeah, it was, a, it was a very, very interesting time because, yeah, like I said, you became a bit of a psychologist on the phone as well. Um, you got to learn... Uh, like that, the, Jason. You, oh, that's right. Sorry, going through something like that, um, what would you take away? What would be your advice to, say, investors who, um, you know, levered up, um, you know, and, and, and managing that risk and managing that leverage? What would you... Any any takeaways or any advice you give people? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the first one with trading is don't risk more than you can afford to lose. Um, you know, there was some crazy stuff going on back then uh, where people were leveraged up way more than they should have been. And uh, when things go bad, they go, can go bad quite quickly. And, uh, and the GFC just went, you know, progressively worse and worse and there was people losing all their money. Um, so yeah. they were, you know, distraught as you can imagine and, and the big part of that was they they thought the good times were going to go on forever and they didn't plan for the worst and my trading strategy over time became um, work out what you're risking or willing to lose rather and then work out uh, how much you want to make after that so the, the primary objective of trading is to avoid loss or limit loss um, you know that's that's how it evolved from for me anyway um, especially starting in that period and then moving into broking later. Yeah, and, and I know that um, you, there are a lot of stockbrokers out there that don't do a lot of trading, but I know you're quite an active trader on your own account. Um, sure. What what got or you know what sort of attracted you in to want to do this for a career? Um, and, you know, uh, what is it about trading that that, that got you? Uh, it's just exciting, I guess, um, you know, and it has its ups and downs, don't get me wrong, but um, initially it was just the ability to, uh, you know, 
be have your finger on the pulse, so to speak. You're you're involved. You're um, looking at world events. You're keeping in touch with what's going on, in, you know, both in your country and around the world. And you're using that information to um, try and make a bit of money. Obviously, that's a good upside. It's nice making money as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just found it interesting and and exciting, and I liked the idea of. Um, coming up with new strategies, which is wh where the derivatives came into play. Just buying and selling became almost a little boring for me. I think um, you know, although I was shorting quite aggressively in the in the GSC, um, you know, it sort of led into the ability to come up with inventive and different type of strategies, and um, that's where you know options was uh, perfect. Yeah. And what's your? What do you think's helped you become successful as a trader? Uh, I mean, one of the things is just experience and learning from um, the mistakes and making the mistakes too. Um, every time you make a mistake in something, you, if you don't learn from it, you're not doing the right thing. But um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend that I haven't got things wrong. You get things wrong. Uh, the the idea is to get more right than you get wrong and, and limit the losses when you get them wrong. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, any a, advice that you give a new trader coming in, or anyone that's new to the game? Uh, for new traders, you just you just want to try. I mean, in an option sense, um, just try things out slowly. Um, you know, try and read as much as you can. Do some, um, um, even do some practice exams on it. Definitely play the uh, play the game that Ivan's created, um, yeah. and just just work out how it all works. Um, don't try and make a fortune straight off the bat just 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 test it take little little bets so to speak you know make little trades and 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 don't try and be a hero straight away just try and uh, slowly improve because it, you know I've been doing this for a long time and I still learn things and I'm sure you guys would agree with that you don't you, you never know anything and you're always you're always learning that's the whole point um, so you know, listen you to people as well. Um, it's always good to, um, you know, listen to someone that's done it before. I think uh, as a broker, you're probably uniquely positioned to answer this question, but what do you reckon the most common reason for people failing or giving up with trading is? Well, uh, giving up with trading is certainly losing money. Um, if people lose too much money and more than they were willing to lose, uh, they just kind of put it in the too hard basket. If they if they're not um, if they haven't done their research and they're not experienced enough, um, you know, a lot of people tend to put a trade on and and hope that it works. Um, yeah. And I think um, you know this was mentioned last week um, by Brian. I think you you, you don't want to just be hoping and, and waiting for the miracle solution. You, you, you want to plan for uh, you know have a plan and 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 don't just put a trade on and want it to work. Um, and it's a very easy way to lose money because what happens in options, especially time, especially if you bought options, time time works against you, and you're you're left with a bad position, and um, you know you get too many of those, and you just it's easy to give up and and just think it's not for you. Um, yeah. and, and everyone's different, right? Everyone's personality is different, but um, for me, I always like to figure it out. Um, if I if I get it wrong, I like to figure out why and, and, and you know, improve the next time. And in terms of the successful traders that you work with, are there any observations about how they go about it? Um, sure. Can... Uh, I, 
I think the more successful traders tend to follow a bit of a strategy. Um, they remove emotion as much as they can. Um, you know, have have a rule, so to speak. Uh, you know, you you put a trade on, and if you make twenty percent, take it off type thing. It's just an example, of course. Um, if it goes against you, cut it straight away, um, and don't think about it. Don't look at the trade again. Um, you know, just put it put it out of your mind. Um, and if it didn't work. Um, Try and be positive all the time, you know. Just and and don't dwell on things that aren't working. Um, so the better the better traders all they do that. They've got experience. They um, can instantly sort of think about a strategy that suits a certain market. Um, you know, you've got a variety of things that's happened this year, of course. Um, and and with COVID, it's dramatically different to what happened in the GFC in that it's chopping around. It's going up and down. It's not just going in one direction. Um, and volatility spiked, and it happened way quicker. Um, so, you know, the better traders just remove themselves a little bit um, from the emotional swings and just um, make some systematic uh, trades based on certain rules they have. Um, so, yeah, I, I, emotion would be one of the bigger ones, I think. That's how I see people losing money. They get um, married to their position, so to speak. Peter's asked, which is, um, why not look at the trade again? How can you learn, question mark? Sure, I, I don't mean don't look at it again ever. I just mean straight away. What I mean by that is if you if you put a trade on and you've gone long on the index, for example, and you've got it just completely wrong and the market's just sold off and you've just lost a little bit of money, uh, what I like to do is close the, close close it down and don't just punish yourself by repeatedly looking at it straight away. Go back to it when the emotion's gone away and then you, you study it and learn and work out what you did wrong and how you can improve going forward. Is it um, a few traders uh, that have been on the session have, have made similar comments as but sure. and some as far as, as far as saying that they only look at their successful trades and um, and observe those. They they actually just park things that don't work for them, uh, which I, I find interesting. I, I see the value in looking at uh, and observing what you did wrong. But um, I do both. You know, I do both. Yeah, definitely. But um, I can see why they, they those guys do that. You know, it's nice to always focus on the good uh, trades. It keeps you positive. It keeps you doing the right thing. You don't want to. Um, you don't want to stubbornly keep doing the wrong trade. That's that's the wrong move. You just you just got to look at why it was wrong, and if it just doesn't work, then don't use that strategy going forward. Um, yeah. Until the market conditions may change too, though, right? The market changes all the time. Um, so you know, I mean, what one of the trades we used to do, um, probably leading into late two thousand and eighteen, was just selling iron condors over the index because the market was in a pretty good range, and we targeted twenty percent a year, not not like a um, no, no huge figures, just um, you know, a, a sustainable figure. Uh, we probably doing double that, but um, the market in two thousand end of two thousand and eighteen just sold off quite quickly, broke out of the range, and all of a sudden that trade wasn't really very good anymore. Um, so we had to adapt and change and come up with something different. Um, you know, put it aside for a little while and revisit it later, sort of thing. Um, I've got a couple of housekeeping things in here. Like uh, a couple of people asked questions about the game. So, uh, sure. what is the URL for the game? It's option, optionsgame.com.au. Uh, so, for Michael who asked that question, uh, it's a free game. 
Uh, there's no cost to play the game. It gives you live market data and access to all these wonderful tools. It's the same technology our implied volatility platform uh, uses. Um, so it gives you the, probably the most advanced technology for trading options in the Australian market, or definitely the most advanced technology for trading options in the Australian market. And you can go in there and practice to your heart's content uh, and go and compete with other people and do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely, it is free and uh, supported by the ASX, who will help it be so. All right. Um, now, uh, Paul has asked, do you focus exclusively on Aussie market now and are you uh, using options as your primary trading instrument? Short, the short answer is yes. Um, we do look at the international market and certainly look at um, thematical type, um, you know, areas or like, you know, for example, we look at what the price of oil is doing, the price of iron ore is doing and, and how that is, um, you know, what's happening internationally there um, and, and obviously tech stocks in the US, etc. Um, but largely um, our business has always been mainly focused on domestic um, uh shares and options in Australia and options has become the larger part of that. So by virtue of just living here, I guess, um, you know. You guys published some uh, thought pieces on different thematic bits um, yep. as well. I notice a, a bit of that, so I, I follow what you do there. Uh, so it's yeah, an interesting yep. And I should ask, I should mention, um, we work alongside, um, so from, from uh, reach and implied volatility, from our perspective, you know, give you the opportunity to trade online. You can you can you make it easy and expensive to do that. But using a broker, I think Ivan's probably heard me say this a few times in the last uh, two months in particular because there have been trades there, but I've just, like Ivan, it's just been a busy period. And um, I should be giving you a call, Jason, on a daily basis. Really, I actually have to remind myself to do more of that. Uh, but mm. broker can help you... Um, when you need to manage your trade, get it in the market, and um, especially if you want to finish your pricing on the way in and on the way out. And so, so often, um, it's mainly on the way in. I'm, when I'm in a trade, I will um, drop everything and just do the trade. <laughs> but the, when I'm not in a trade, I miss opportunities because I'll price it up, but I, you know, I, I don't want to pay overs, so I'll just miss. I'll miss it. I won't be able to move quickly enough. And um, and, and the other thing is that Jason will be watching the market a lot more closely than I am uh, all, all day. So it, there's tools for calculating what things are worth, but sometimes, you know, if you've got your, your finger on the pulse, you really know what they're worth. And especially if you're, if you're trading stocks, you, can, you, you know, that expertise is invaluable in terms of entry and exit. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Like we do it online. We're massive advocates for doing it online. But at the same time, you know, you know, I would have more than paid on the trades we've spoken about, Ivan, if we'd done those trades and had someone finesse them in. We would have more than paid the brokerage associated with getting someone to help us get the trade on. Um, so, yeah, in, you know, if you want to um, have a chat with Jason or anyone in his team, type yes into the chat box um, and we'll organise for them to pass their details on to you. And they also publish trade ideas and, you know, research bits and other bits and pieces as they go. Um, and they do really good work. Um, like, I always, I always pick it up. So, um, yeah, just type yes in and um, we'll get you um, 
or get Jason or you know one of these guys to get in contact. I think probably Jason, but anyway, the um, yeah. you know one uh, of the things what? about just just before you go on, you know one of the other things as well is that going back to to where um, you know where I started, um, got to learn a lot of things the hard way from training mm-hmm. and, and myself, where you can definitely definitely speed it up uh, by having a soundboard. And there might be a time when, when you make a decision whether you do go down the path of becoming a full-time sort of screen trader um, or part-time, whatever, um, or you may may sort of do a whole loop around um, like Pat and I are doing. And uh, 100%, you know, um, even just the capability of, of calling up and doing, um, putting on a, on a trade just to execute. Um, like the, uh, how was the Thursday session? that we, we run sessions on Thursday for those of you that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, don't come or, or are new to us, I guess. Um, we were on Thursday sessions and the Thursday before the Friday sell-off. Um, as uh, as Pat's noticed, the last couple of weeks has been about the same. As soon as I get really bearish, <laughs> um, that was the Thursday before the big, big sell-off. And uh, on the Friday, I was a little bit busy. You ended up getting into a damn trade in the end. Um, you just didn't hold on. Um, but I ended up having the perfect play and, and made zero money out of it. Like before I mentioned I bought Macquarie at 19, you know where I sold it? 30. So, <laughs> uh, okay. I had, I if I had with, with Macquarie, I bought it at uh, 26.60 in the uh, SPP and uh, sold it at 40 thinking I was a genius. Um, yeah. I mean, it sat in the 50s for quite a long time after that, but um, yeah, as we know it, more than doubled after that, so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it happened. Yeah, sold business, right? So, you you were there for a bit, weren't you? You were you you worked at Macquarie for a while. Yeah, I was there for three years, so um, I got to know that um, business a little bit. Um, that was in the, my twenties as well, where um, I used to work until the AM some nights, and um, you know that was how it was back then, and it was great. You know, in your twenties, you can do it. You can you can survive and not much sleep, and um, hey, they uh, they reject me. Uh, when I was when I was uh, when I applied for a job in my twenties, um, you failed the psych test. Did you? Actually, to be fair, they never even replied to me. Those bastards. So, yeah. um, <laughs> that sounds that bad. Being too empathetic. I'll take a majority one day. <laughs> um, just just before we go on with the the other thing with being a broker as well is the market maker side of things. So. Um, previously, it was very easy to get um, spreads on positions, both in index and, and individual stocks. And it's not quite as easy anymore, um, and sometimes it's just about getting on the phone to them. Um, we, we sort of jump on the phone to some of the market makers and just ask them to tighten up the spread a little bit as well. So that's a useful um, service for, for potential traders just to, um, you know, um, having a rough theoretical price is good, but um, often the trades that are, you know, outside of those ranges. So you, you can easily get a much better feel by just jumping on the phone to, to one of those guys. And, um, you know, they're, they're still out there to make money, but they um, will tighten it up a little bit for you. Well, especially if you've also got a, uh, a trade idea out so you can bulk it up and um, sure. trade in big line, which makes it a lot easier for the market makers to, to hedge out. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, so um, wanna... yeah. I might run through some more questions from yep. uh, people online. Um, 
Uh, Wayne's asked uh, what you studied at uni and did your options education come as part of your job or did you learn it aside from that or a bit of both? Uh, so I did um, commerce, um, finance, economics at uni. Um, the Then, you know, you have to do a variety of different um, educational things along the way. Uh, I chose to do the ADA 1 and ADA 2 while at Macquarie, so before becoming a broker. Um, there was a few reasons for that, some of probably which I can't go into from a Macquarie side of things, but um, the market was going pretty crazy and I thought it was a good thing to do and I was speaking to all the um, Macquarie brokers at the time. Um, so I did, did the ADA 1 and ADA 2, which is the um, accredited derivatives advisor uh, 1 and 2. Um, at that time, and you know, I used to sit up on the floor with the brokers um, while I was in the margin lending area. Um, so I used to trade with them, and you know, um, have some back and forth with them, and then also be there for when they needed margin lending related stuff. So um, that's kind of how I started to move into the broking area. Um, one of the guys that um, ran the desk up there um, started up in a, another shop and gave me a call and just asked if I wanted to become a broker. So. Um, that, was as, that was as simple as it was at, at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd already had all the, um, you know, accreditation. It was just a matter of um, keeping it ongoing, you know, doing all your uh, uh, Kaplan exams and all that sort of stuff, making sure you keep it uh, up to date since then. Mm. Uh, Peter was, was asked, uh, are you understanding the underlying business or are you agnostic and only look at trends and technical analysis? I have more uh, traditionally more been from the fundamental perspective. I, I uh, learnt the technical as I went along. So some, this is an interesting question because sometimes I um, am totally approaching it from the underlying company and fundamental perspective, and I just use the technicals over the top of that um, to determine what I'm doing or what strategy is relevant. Uh, in other, other times. Um, you know, a, ch a chart or a technical uh, indicator will um, bring an idea forward um, for whatever reason and then you use the fundamentals to work out if it sort of marries up. Um, it, it does work both ways, um, but it's good to use both for sure. I'm not a pure pure technical person. I like using both, um, you know, and, and making a, a largely informed decision before I put my trades on. Okay. Um, John has asked. Um, Patagonia, yeah. there's a question from Pete Francis just around uh, spreads are a problem and as a broker, why do you not complain to the ASX? I might just answer it just someone who actually owns a physical stockbroker. Um, we work closely with the ASX, obviously. We've had Graham O'Brien who runs the derivatives online. Um, market makers control the spreads and to be fair, ASX has actually done a lot of work around bringing in more market makers. So um, the last thing around that is that the widespread doesn't necessarily mean that that's where you're going to get filled. Um, uh, you know, typically, and Jason, this is where we're probably question right back at you in terms of where you typically find that you get filled, you use the, the trade forces risk management system for advisors uh, on a daily basis for execution. Um, how, how do you, I mean, how do you find theoretical prices on most days, probably March excluded when, when things went crazy around the entire world? Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly closer when the market's not doing as much. As it starts to move around, I'll, I'll use the example of the last week. Um, so the last four days, it's moved around quite a bit. You know, you had the down, up, down, up, I think it was. 
um, they're a little bit more out when it moves a bit more. Um, when it was six or seven days just in the 5900s, it was, it was really quite accurate. Um, mm. And that's, you know, that's what, you were, what you're saying as well, right? Like in March, it moves around a little bit more. Um, as, as for the spreads, um, it was tighter before in the past. And I know I, I listened to the, um, you know, webinar or webcast with um, uh, Graham as well. And he did say that they're trying, they're doing a lot of work with the market makers to try and tighten that up and, and you know, um, get those spreads a bit, um, you know, not quite as wide. Um, that's easier in your, your index and your, your highly liquid large caps. Um, obviously, you know, when you go down further towards the 70-odd or 73 or whatever option stocks that are, um, you know, it's a liquidity thing as well. So um, you understand that. The other thing from a broker perspective, it's good to, uh, have a little bit of a relationship with some of these guys as well. Um, you know, they're humans as well. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of computers doing the work for them, but, um, you know, you, you ring them up and they'll, they'll help you out a little bit as well. Um, but I guess you get closer to bids and offers now than what you used to. Um, so it is what it is. You just, you, you just move on, essentially. The price is the price, um, you know, you can put a price in and, and hope the market comes to you. Um, but, you know, if you get filled, you get filled at the end of the day. And, um, you know. Um, you may not want it by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, you get to know roughly whereabouts you're going to fill. And, and I think the theoretical price is quite good. Um, and, but that is obviously dependent on the stock because some stocks just have wider spreads than others. Yeah. I think one um, of the things as well is if you think about it from the market maker's point of view, so, you know, the, the point was obligations are the same in most markets for options. Uh, they're, they're quite different. There's actually about six or seven different schedules from memory. And uh, then it's just a matter of how competitive the market makers are in that. Um, you know, I remember by comparison, we were, we were doing a James Hardy trade idea. And the kind of thighs that we were trying to get away was like three or four times the daily market volume of the stock. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously a market maker isn't going to go on and hit that quite clearly. The other thing as well is that market makers, part of those obligations is that they've effectively got to um, set their bids and offers there. So if the market starts moving quickly, um, not in their favour, they're going to get hit and they're going to have to start to scramble. So thus, yep. they're nothing more than a guide. Um, and so when you do a um, request for a quote or, or, if, or potentially there's a sitting bit and offer there, if you're looking at things like the index or something liquid, um, market moves quickly, they're going to get absolutely destroyed on, on some of those bills. So although there's a computer, um, the volatility gets recalculated. For guys like Optiva, for example, they're recalculated on a rolling five-minute basis. And uh, as, we can, as we've seen, uh, markets can move very quickly over a five-minute period. So... Um, for which, which is why you're not going to get typically, you know, if you're if you're just working an order, you're going to get filled a lot closer um, towards the middle um, than, than than not. So um, yeah, anyway. off the back of that as well, um, I've found more recently that uh, you get better fills in the mornings, um, and as you get closer to the close, um, the those spreads just go against you a little bit. It's you know, and part of that reason is that the market makers have to hedge out the other side and, and the time taken to do that and, you know, they've got to make sure that they're especially if you're trying to put a trade on at four o'clock, you know, they they've got to um, make sure that they they do their job properly as well. So I've found if you can in that ten to twelve 
or 10 to 1 o'clock sort of phase, or, yeah, time frame, um, we, we tend to get better feels there. Um, you know, the, they come to you a little bit more. You don't have to hit bids and offers as much. Um, as you get into the 3, 3.30, yeah, um, you know, you're not feeling quite as much, or, you know, quite as, the pricing is not quite as good, rather. Um, but that's that's just what I found recently. That you know, I, I remember trying to close a CSL iron condo, well, the 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 bad side of the iron condo, um, or the slightly. It was actually right at the money, um, and uh, it was CSL, and I had to close it in the match because the whole day the the market makers were mispricing the spread. Anyway, it was it went up to something like forty cents on the close, and I didn't get filled. Some some poor guy got absolutely done on that. And uh, I'm thinking, you know what, it's just easier to take on stock the next day. And um, anyway, they settled it. It was like 202 or something was my sold leg. Uh, and they settled it just just above um, escaped, properly escaped, yeah. Anyway. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've got, we've got a few stories on both sides of that. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of questions um, I'll, I'll knock through. Um, Paul has asked, what company does Jason work for? Rich Trading Premium. So Rich Trading Premium, uh, the full service, when I say full service, general advice, full service advisors. So um, that work with Rich. So um, they sit there and look after um, traders who want an advisor and support those traders with trade ideas, uh, managing positions, advising them on uh, execution of trades, dealing with the market makers and just in general keeping them across what's going on. Um, yeah, so they sit there, work, work alongside us and, um, uh, yes, which is we've been meaning to have Jason on for some time, so it's really good to be able to introduce those people that have requested information uh, from Jason about what they do or access to their, uh, what they, you know, or, or a conversation by typing in yes, we will simply just pass a report on to uh, Jason tomorrow with that information on it. So uh, if you would like and you haven't already requested that, just type that in. Um, I There was a... a I'm going to um, just say, uh, Peter's made a couple of comments about market makers and I, I don't think, Peter, anyone would disagree with what you're saying in those comments around market makers are paid to take risks and need to meet their obligations. Um, so, yeah, we, we, all we could do is agree there. Um, the, you know, there might be some nuances around those that we, we don't necessarily, but we will look to get another market maker on in the next couple of weeks, next month. Um, so I'll, we'll make sure we let you know when that is and you can get online and, and ask questions directly to them and they can also explain their reality. Because I think um, they're much maligned, but um, the you know a lot of these guys that you know that these market makers you know we, we rely on them and they're pretty reasonable when you when you form up a relationship with them and they'll be open about their circumstances and um, you know it, you know I think Ivan you mentioned James Hardy was a um, yeah some of these stocks are pretty thinly traded it's hard to be a market maker and um, you know on those stocks and want to take it on. Uh, if you can't trade out of your position. Um, all right, so let's have a look. Jason, magic question. How do you find trades? Do you have predefined conditional scans uh, across a range of instruments and markets? Or what is your secret, PS? Could you send a couple of winners every morning to help me along? That would be nice. That seems pretty reasonable. 
yeah, sure. Um, right, yeah. I mean, what was that? Sorry. Only after Jason. I'm not, not not a big enough client for you, Jason. You you don't even send me your. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, there's not a one size fits all type thing. I mean, we use obviously Ivan's technology um, for for a bit of screening. Um, we do a lot of, you know, we read a lot of research. We um, and, and especially at the moment with, you know, during the COVID sort of period, there's there's so much that you can come out with. You know, we've had, we used some examples, obviously, um, it's it swept through Brazil, for example, and because Vale is a large iron ore producer, um, they had supply issues there, so the iron ore price went up. So immediately we're just looking at, you know, potential trades to, to make some money out of that, uh, you know, for example, long Fortescue and a range of other different things you can do. Um, there was the um, Saudi-Russia um, oil wars that were going on, the production wars, um, uh, and the price went plummeted um, dramatically and has since risen back up to about 40 bucks, I think. Um, and then we've done a few things in Woodside, Santos, um, oil search, etc. So that's more on a um, fundamental or thematic type, you know, larger picture sort of thing. Um, we also just look at um, all the different charts and um, markets constantly so you get you just get used to doing or you know seeing if uh, you know markets have broken out or stocks of uh, underperforming you, you look at them all the time so you, you basically you know you're looking at say BHP for example and you're like oh this is trading uh, traded in for a few years ago it traded in a four dollar range for ages and um, you know as soon as it breaks out um, what do you want to do at that point so um, it's not as we don't we're not as uh, technical and um, you know computerized I guess as, as some other uh, brokers or traders, but uh, we tend to use a lot more um, fundamentals and and apply the technical um, technicals over the top of that. Um, but it does work both ways. Uh, it's just uh, you know reading a lot, looking at a lot of things, looking at the news in the night. Uh, um, and making sure you're in front of the screen as much as you can. Um, you know, we we front of the screen from 10 to 4, um, 30, um, and obviously outside of that as well, but at least in the market time. So, um, and all of us are, you know, we're on our phones at night. We're talking about it in ridiculous times. You're, you're looking at, you're up watching Bloomberg at 3 in the morning sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it becomes a bit of a, almost an addiction, I guess. Sleep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sleep, sleep. Uh, I, I sleep a little bit more these days than I used to. <laughs> Mate, I'm going to start placing all my orders with you from now on, and it's two o'clock in the morning. When I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I put my flight um, phone on flight mode once I go to sleep, so I'll see it when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of three oh, I'll do for you. I got a, a question, uh, which maybe more. Um, for you to answer, are the current issues with cyber security an issue for options trading or just general market trading? I have no idea. I, I Honestly, it's one of those things I don't think it's impacted our sector quite as much. I mean, to brokers and all financial institutions, even even an AFSL, like, uh, Pat, you know, the AFL ultimately has to go through a cybersecurity policy. It's part of our, you know, part of all the conditions 
um, as you sort of progress from you know from an AFSL to a trading participant to a clearing participant and so on, those get harder and harder, um, and you have to do a lot more testing around that. But at the same time, no industry is perfect, and no system is. is to be fair, if anyone was going to have been given a directive, it'd be someone that owned a clearinghouse, and if you haven't had it, then. At this stage, if there's no news on it, I would say would be the answer to that. Um, I, would, I, would, I would say something slightly different is that, you know, if someone wants to go on and to hack into my account and trade on my behalf, um, you've probably got, um, you know, especially if you're a beginner, there's a good chance that you'll actually have some beginner's luck and you might make some money for me. <laughs> so, go nuts. I, mean, I can actually probably even give you my username and password. Great special account um, for you guys. No, sorry, sorry, just, just to jump back <laughs> into the question from before, um, with respect to trade ideas, we send them out to any anyone that has opened an account with us. So we send notes and, and trade ideas, and, and you know they're not all winners, but we hope that more of them are winners than losers. And um, you know it's free to open an account; it just uh, it's just a charge when you trade sort of thing. So we have a lot of guys that um, you know. Uh, like getting those research notes and trade notes and that sort of thing as well. And some of the clients, uh, you know, prompt us to come up with some of these trades as well. That's another way we we, we um, uh, come up with trades. You know, someone just says, "Look, uh, you know, I've been looking at this. Can you um, come up with something for us?" And if we like it a lot, then we end up um, putting it out to our client base as well. Um, Stephen's asked, "What are the best books uh, you've read in reference to options trading or trading?" I had to deal with trading video. Yeah. Uh, there was a little, I can't remember what it was called. It was just like a little options book that I, I used to love and just had it beside me uh, for years and years. And it, it was just, uh, like just a generic um, uh, name. I, don't, I can't think of it off the top of my head, unfortunately. It was just a uh, just just about options. It was a little options Bible, I called it. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I'd, ha I'd have to have a think about that one. Um, I, a lot of the stuff these days is uh, is online, of course. You can find anything online. Um, type in whatever you want to learn about, and and, and it's there. Um, doing some of the uh, Kaplan quizzes are quite good too. It increases your knowledge. And if you're really interested, you know, the ADA um, practice exams are good too. You don't have to actually sit it, but you can do the practice exams and, and gain, in, you know, improve your knowledge there, but experience is a huge one, um, you know, uh, just just learning. I mean, one of the guys in my team, he's, he's been with us for four years and, um, you know, he's um, just slowly, slowly improving his, his options knowledge and, you know, one of the other guys has been doing it for 20 years and, you know, he's uh, he's just got whatever, you know, all rattling around upstairs so he comes up with some good stuff. Um, experience is huge, um, but, yeah, uh, just, just look online would be my advice. If I can think of it, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll mention it later. Um, feel free to um, contact me outside of this if you want. Yeah. Peter just uh, said, options markets, uh, John Cox, Mark Rubenstein, a uh, little fun fact for everyone, the theorem behind how we calculate equity options um, is actually the Cox-Ross-Rubenstein. So, yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're obviously been quite a big influence. Um, and it's still the, the go-to. Um, method, although the base method is slightly adjusted for dividends and how you calculate dividends, but um, the, it, it's, it's crazy how hard the mathematics is behind calculating options because it's all about probability oh, yeah. theory. 
Yeah, yeah that's very interesting. <laughs> those guys, those, those guys were, were very smart. Anyway, slight, yeah, slight, slight detail. Um, but he helps markets. For anyone who really wants to go in and hit lots of uh, lo- lots of yeah, binomial theory, that's right, Peter. <laughs> lots of binomial theory is there. Black skulls we still use for um, uh, we use for uh, black skulls modem for the index options, European options, um, but Cox Ross Rubenstein for everything else. For those that are interested in the uh, in the theory. Where do you find the beginner's luck? I haven't. Beautiful. All right. View on the market at the moment, Jason. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, Obviously, we've had a huge rally up the low, um, and, you know, the sell-off was really, really quick. It was 38% in 20-something days, um, and we've rallied back up to uh, near the 6,000. Um, we spent, like last week I mentioned before, we spent six or seven days, I think, in the 5,900s. Um, and just was getting a little bit stuck, and we were starting to look at, you know, we were looking at some shorts around there. Um, you know, the market's sold off a couple of times and has been bought back up, and obviously we've got a lot of stimulus that's getting pumped in everywhere, but there's still a, a lot of, you know, the world's changed, hasn't it, um, this year? It's a weird year. Um, we've got lockdowns um, happening again. I just, um, you know, just saw that in... Um, Victoria, there's a, I think from um, midnight on Wednesday, there's a month lockdown in certain suburbs. Um, in, in, in Sydney, it's not, not so bad, um, but, you know, things can change quite quickly. Um, and it's still very um, hairy in many countries, including the US. So um, I am not um, super bullish. I don't see us breaking dramatically out onto the upside over this year while all this stuff's going on. Um, we've had a huge run off the lows, and I think if there's risk, there's more risk to the downside. Um, but there is still a lot of, um, you know, extra cash waiting to be deployed. So I don't think we're going back to 4,400, which was the low, um, because I think this time everyone's prepared, everyone's waiting for it to happen, and there's lots of cash on the sidelines waiting to be deployed. So the sell-offs yeah. get bought back up. Um, but it's going to still be rocky, and then we've got, you know, election in the US in, in November um, and Trump's approval rate or, you know, likelihood of staying in is going down and Biden's going up. Um, I actually read something uh, about that. At, uh, Trump's uh, is 39% um, probable, probability of uh, staying in and Biden's up at 62%. Um, Biden so was down at four. What was that, sorry? <laughs> Way more than last time. Didn't he have about a twenty percent chance of winning last yeah, time? Yeah, exactly. This is interesting because um, you know Biden was at four percent in February and, and Trump was up at fifty seven percent. And the the really interesting thing is, majority of the time, um, uh, the index is higher. If the index is higher leading into the election, so the three months leading into it, the income incumbent party usually uh, means they usually win. Um, and if the markets are you know lower. It means that the reverse. So it'd be very interesting to see how the market goes leading into November because um, if, if the market stays high, um, you know, it sort of suggests that Trump's a pretty good chance, even though those uh, percentage odds are, are going down. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's obviously a crazy time, and usually um, during times of huge turmoil, um, you know, people vote with their feet, so to speak, and then boot out the person that's leading them around. So... 
Um, I think it's going to be volatile from now until November. There's going to be some periods where, um, you know, the market's going to bounce around, and there's heaps of opportunity in that as well. So, um, yeah. I, I don't know I if you saw Ryan issued a uh, arrest warrant for Trump today and contacted um, uh, contacted Interpol along with I think 48 others. So there's a good chance he'll go to jail in Iran. <laughs> Interesting. Well. Right. So, um, just for someone's benefit, who was asking? Someone was asking about us to repeat the book "Options Markets" by John C. Cox, Mark Rubenstein. Options Markets, right? Um, there you go. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, let's have a look at this. Wayne, I might just make a comment about this. Wayne said, in terms of options touting gurus in the Wild West, i.e. yes, what percentage do you think are charlatans? Um, who are the reputable ones, names and so forth? Look, I don't know that we can give you the names of the reputable or the charlatans. Uh, it's just not something that we're across. The reason why we call this session those that can do and invite traders in each week from a whole range of different scenarios is, um, you know, we want, to, we want to discuss trading with people who actually really do it. And, and get the insights and uh, in, and, and skinny from them, um, but um, yeah, the the so called so called the gurus um, often are gurus at marketing uh, and sales, uh, not necessarily trading and selling the ideas of trading uh, to people that don't know uh, or aren't in a position to be able to judge whether that person's telling the truth or not, and 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 so you see a lot of that that can't really. Add much more than that. We we I've been I with gurus for one weekend. We well, for two weekends we ran our education course and then we then we stopped doing that. Um, just didn't have the energy. <laughs> you have to drink a lot of wine afterwards just to because uh, it's hard. You got to be good at yeah. You got to be good at certain things. <laughs> I was motivated by some other factor other than um, sort of feeling important about yourself by standing in front of people talking. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the um, all right, so uh, let me see. Okay, um, Nassim Taleb's suggestion. What do you think about the suggestion of avoid reading news and our notoriously bad ability to predict news based or what the market's going to do off news? I imagine what Peter's saying. Peter, I am in violent agreement with you on that one, uh, Jason. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. It's uh, yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there, isn't there? Um, you know, people read news when they're stuck in a bad position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, news is typically negative as well. You get a lot of negative stuff out of the news. Uh, I I tend to I'm very targeted in what I look at and, and read. Um, I don't I don't put the the seven thirty report on or the current affair. Put it that way. <laughs> I definitely um, read a lot more zero hedge if I'm bearish. Or in a very position. <laughs> you do that. You you, you, you read what you read what suits your narrative, what what backs up your view a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's good to keep an open mind though. You've got to be um you know I, I like to look at things from both sides as much as I can. I like to be objective. Um, you know. Um but yeah, certainly it's nice to read something that backs your view. <laughs> okay, Brian, the Jason's company name is Rich Trading Premium, all right. Um, and if you anyone said, said yes, we'll just 
Yeah, we'll get we'll get you all the details on them. Um, they are, um, yeah, it's 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 the um, full advisory um, to reach, and um, you know, so we we don't we 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 believe in best of both worlds. You want to if you want an advisor and you want to work with someone who can give you ideas or manage your positions or get you better bills, all that kind of stuff, which. Um, you know, it's definitely valuable uh, to busy people and just to everyone. But you know, it's um, that that you know that we a lot of people have requested direct access to an advisory arm, but just find it really hard to find people who've got the specialised skills um, to be able to add value or assist them with their trading. Um, and Jason and his team, they're all options guys through and through. They trade themselves. Um, they trade. Uh, their, their view it, from a technical perspective uh, matches the strategies they want to deploy and they understand, um, you know, options inside and out. So, um, yeah. All right. So if you haven't already requested, and a lot of people have actually, um, just type yes into the chat box and uh, Jason will give you some more information on what they do. Um, all right. So... Yeah, I mean, you guys actually, I, I, honestly, I've, I've obviously, you know, like TradeFloor supplies risk management systems to um, 60% of the industry, um, and um, it's it's mind-blowing. Uh, just, you know, you guys, it's, I mean, I've, by way of background, I've known Jason for, what, five years or something, six years almost, and you, you were my second client uh, yeah. back in your old um, So we, we, we go way back, and it's interesting I honestly have never encountered any advisors who tend to trade their uh, kind of their staff accounts quite as heavily as you guys have. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's probably a very good sign. <laughs> it's it's I've been often asked just you know um, by clients, are you trading it as well? Are you in it as well? They they do say that a little bit, um, you know, or you know what sort of stuff are you trading? They, some of them speak to you about like from a trading perspective a little bit um, as well. And when you're looking at it constantly, um, you know, when you get to like certain trades, it's hard not to want to do it as well. Um, I feel like, yeah, I, I personally uh, give better advice when I'm, um, you know, more involved, I guess, as well. Um, so long as you, you remember the rules of trading and removing emotion, et cetera, et cetera. But it's nice to um, have that, um, you know, rapport and um, be able to speak to people from that level as well. How do you handle, um, you know, the noise that you get when you're talking to, you know, 10, 15 people on a particular day? Obviously, everyone sells their own view of the market pretty strongly, so you've got to get all of that coming your way and then, you know, and, and advise that person and then cut out of that and come up with your, you know, own trade that might be doing the complete opposite of what that conversation was about. How do you handle that situation? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, because sometimes you're, you're speaking to someone and they're super, super bearish. Um, then you jump on the next call and they're, um, you know, really bullish, um, you know, and want you to come up with trades to that effect. I guess um, I, and by virtue, you know, of being a broker, you, you come up with strategies to suit the direction as well. Um, so I have my view and I, um, you know, obviously listen to people and, um, you know, talk them through um, some things. I don't try and force anything. I let them sort of steer the ship a little bit. Um, I'll come up with a trade to suit it. 
Um, if they specifically ask, you know, what my view on the market is, I'll, I'll obviously say. Um, but, yeah, it's just, um, I guess I just get off a call, I guess, and just reset and start again on the next call. Um, you know, you, um, you have a relationship with all of our guys as well. So, you know, some of the conversation is, um, you know, about non-market stuff and then we, um, you know, get into the market and everyone has their own opinion and, um, you know, I obviously respect everyone, everyone else's opinion and um, just uh, come up with the trades to suit what I think and what, what the team thinks. But we, we don't always agree either. Like, you know, we're just a team of four. Um, sometimes we have different opinions just amongst the four of us. Um, but we, we nut it all out and, and talk talk through the positives and negatives and usually end up coming to the same conclusion. Most good bands have four people in it as well. You know, once you get to yeah. about 20, it starts getting to free jazz. And once you get to like two, it just becomes six pistols with one guy passed out who's a third guy. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, that, the team's really important as well. I mean, I, I hired the other three guys um, over time and we've had bigger teams and more people and, um, I find four is a good amount. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a nice team. We we all have our roles, and we know, we've known each other for a long time. And we get on well, so that always helps. Um, you, can get, you can get quite fiery <laughs> sometimes, you know. So um, it's you know it's a, it's good fun. It's good that we're all mates. <laughs> yeah. Um, still. Yeah. The, still. Mark has asked, um, how do you put a stop loss on an options? sold position um <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's a lot so we just have multiple alerts that, that we said obviously that's not a perfect um perfect situation because it can gap it can be overnight all that sort of thing um but we we you know i have clients that sort of say look if the stock gets to this price let me know um you know set alerts at various levels um yeah. and um, it's it's not an automatic thing, um, but it's a you know uh, and I you know I, I text I I WhatsApp I email I call I, I do variety of things with the client. So sometimes it's just a flick in the text and say you know this stops at this level, um, you know. Um, I don't right. know if you want to do something or. So on that, um, Jason, because I actually need to start talking to you and. Uh, if I'm ever going to do any trading going forward, um, so because I mean, I just I personally as I just find that I'm in so many meetings during the day at the moment, which is more than it's been in the past, which was always a lot. But it's just making it difficult certain times of the day to get to to look at the like look at the market in the morning. Ultimately, sure. Um, so if I called you up and said. Um, you know, in the morning, you know, gave you a buzz and said, oh, it's getting close to an entry level for me. Um, you know, uh, what do you think the pricing is roughly? Um, you know, have a, you know, give you some scenarios. How do you then manage that into the market? Uh, so from the execution side, um, so, you know, we, we, we use, um, you know, Ivan's system, uh, go into the, um, but use both implied volatility and trade floor, um, which has been yeah. you know, sort of custom for us to, to trade. Um, just price up the position. You know, if you're, I don't know, selling a put spread, for example, um, I'll, I'll just price it up and, and execute it through um, through trade floor. Um, you know, that comes up with a theoretical price and a, and a spread and, 
Um, you know, I'll, I'll put it through that way. Um, in terms of order um, delivery, clients have their own preferences to how they do mm -hmm. it. Some like to call, some like to email. Um, a, a lot of mine over time have just um, uh, like to send uh, emails through. Some like to text as well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a just just a matter of um, going into the system and and pricing it up and, and, and executing it through and putting the relevant um you know uh, information into the system and you know we've got um you know um, checks that we do obviously at our end and uh, make sure things are things are correct. One of the good things about our, our team is we don't uh, tend to make um, um, many mistakes because we check things over all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's essential as an option broker. You don't want to make a mistake. So, um, you know, we, we, we go through all that process and, and, and make sure that we're putting things in the right level and it's the right right account, et cetera, et cetera, and making sure we're um, setting things, uh, setting the price as per the client's wishes. Most clients just sort of say best price you can, but some some give limits. Um, during COVID, sorry, sorry. Interestingly enough, for, for us actually, with where we, with sort of how, you know, for both, you know, we've always had a very very crazy three months, in particular. But um, yeah, for us, just pushing stuff over on, um, over WhatsApp and, and getting some responses back um, around certain alerts um, would have definitely put us in some of those trades that we uh, otherwise made any excuse not to be in, which would have made a lot of money. Well, it should just, we should just create a trading uh, group. That'll be nice yeah. and easy. So you can send mm -hmm. things through whenever you like because, you know, that's that, that's what we do, right? We're sitting there looking at it all the time. Um, you know, previously I've uh, sort of went into a situation where I was managing the team in, 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 in a prior role um, and I wasn't as close, um, you know, on the screens. And when you, when that happens, I can I can understand where you're coming from because you're, you, you you don't you're not looking at it as, it as closely and you're not um, trading as as much as you would like you're missing opportunities your your pricing's out you're just you're just not there so um, mm. you know your trade activity drops dramatically and your results also do um, yeah you got you got to give it the time at the end of the day I, I'm I'm calling you tomorrow morning you sold me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you laugh I'm serious. <laughs> um, we do actually have a. I was say, we do actually have a trading chat group, uh, Jason. We just need to use it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. And we're moving our account yeah. over to um, where you can uh, trade on behalf of us soon too. So yeah, that'll be that'll be. Um, with, with, that'll be with that in mind, I know uh, last week you guys were talking with Brian about the um, the long straddles. Um, you know, that's an interesting one leading into the reporting period as well. That you know. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that as well because I think um, some of those could work quite well. Uh, you guys have uh, looked at that as well, so um, we'll, be, we'll be doing a little bit more um, work on that, um, and, and obviously are open to any uh, suggestions from Brian also. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got to talk to you about uh, XGO Straddle. Uh, it's getting close to yep. level. I think it's looking good, and um, on the stock stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I think um, that, that you know, uh, Brian, I think Brian online tonight who spoke last week, you know, it's there's a little bit of work that goes into the setup around those trades. So, um, you know, knowing which ones to look at this particular week over these next four or five days, that kind of 
where it's going to drop at the right points, those types of things are really helpful to have a broker help you with that kind of stuff. Unless you're super committed to the strategy, like you can Absolutely. trade it um, and get, you know, but Jason and his guys do all the heavy lifting for you. Like they'll go and look at it and go, you know, here you go, this company fits, fits all the rules. Yeah, have a look. If you want to do it, do it. Uh, wait, get in now, you know, wait for wait for the right time, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, definitely um, good to have a broker help you with that stuff for sure. And, and another, on the index another, side, what are your thoughts uh, with... Um, Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> I was just going to say on the on the uh, index side, what are your thoughts with respect to um, vol? I know we had a discussion the other day about um, you know maybe the new norm and the floor being more closer to you know twenty rather than being eleven, twelve, etc. Um, it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, what are your thoughts? For, there? Me, for me, I think anything around twenty three, and and then I might have to get over it, say twenty three and a half, but I guess that's around twenty three, so. Around there is about the right time, but I don't always get the, the right timing on time, if that makes sense. So days sure. too slow for the way that I like to trade it. If it's kind of out of the wrong week, uh, out, it just kind of the numbers don't work exactly how I want it. So there's a bit of a sweet spot there for me. Uh, but 23 and a half, and it's kind of looking okay at the moment. So it, it, it is something that I've... Um, that if, you know, provided I get the pricing that reflects that volatility level that I'd do. Yeah. You know, and also it's the end of financial year as well, right, today. So, um, you know, you get a little bit of funny market movements there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Our market went up a bit today. It wouldn't surprise me at all to have it sell off uh, in the next couple of days and vol to spike a little bit. Um, vol came off again today. So, um, it's going to continue yeah, up, up, down, up, down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very, very well could, but um, there's... There's one thing, I think there will be a little bit more volatility over the next little while. Um, I don't see us just drifting off back into real low vol sort of levels. So, um, you know, there's plenty of activity ahead. Uh, I, I mean, we're not just selling as much um, premium. You know, if we're doing that, we're sort of selling deep in the money type positions yeah. um, and trying to take as much up front and risk as little as possible or, or just, you know, selling puts to buy stock at, at levels you're happy with and selling covered calls and, and then, you know, as we're just talking, um, buying positions where you know what your risk is, um, buying straddles, yep. etc., um, that can make some money with those vol spikes. Um, we, I, I, I just want to give, um, we, we, it's quarter past eight, so if anyone's got any other questions, type them in now. It's getting on a bit, though. Um, I just want to make one point. We, we searched the market for quite some time to get Jason and his, to identify Jason and his team, and they've got a very good reputation in the market. They've got a good reputation with our counterparties that we work with as well. Um, and um, so they are, you know, specifically options guys, which is something we're looking for. We want advisors that trade themselves that actually really understand options and can, can add significant value to people that are experienced traders. Equally, I think they can help people that are new to trading. But it was looking for people, looking for people that could that could add value when you've got someone that really knows what they're doing. Um, and so that's that. That was what we were looking for. Um, and that's you know with Jason, OJ, Nick, um, uh, and Jamie coming into team. But the first three guys, are the experienced guys, and like Jamie's a really interesting character as well. Um, and um, and I. He is actually a very interesting funny man, but um, uh, from a 
you know, he's out there looking and, and writing and coming out with ideas and doing thematic research and stuff like that. I think it's a really good little team. So uh, if you're looking for something like that, I think um, in options game, these guys are a really good way to go about it. So if you want to get details, type yes, and a lot of you have. Um, so we'll obviously organise for that. And um, I just really wanted to, to, um, to explain why um, we got this, why we worked so hard to get Jason and his team uh, to join us um, and, um, you know, give you some background on that. So uh, we'll get that out to you. Um, I think, let's, here we go. So Brian. Yeah, uh, your name is definitely behind on that whiteboard um, and it's also all of um, Patrick's master plan that uh, <laughs> for him taking over the world. Uh, we did yeah. some similar whiteboard drawings in my office yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, beautiful. So, uh, all right, well, guys, thank you very much for coming along uh, today. Uh, Jason, wonderful uh, to have you involved in this session and, um, you know, no doubt um, in a couple of months' time we'll get you back again uh, to talk shop and some trades and so forth. Um, for all of those that have uh, requested information, we'll get that across to you. If you're playing the options game, make sure you get involved. I actually haven't looked at the leaderboard this week. Um, not sure what it's doing, but, um, you know, I think you're going to be long calls and, and puts if you're going to win at the moment with the market doing what it's doing. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll, we've got a session on tomorrow night, which was on options strategies, how to make money when the market's going up, down, sideways, and when we reference the long straddle today, when you don't know which way it's going to go, but you expect it to increase to go up or down uh, a significant amount and and or for volatility uh, to increase from where it is. So uh, that, that really covers most scenarios, right? Uh, so we're going to go through some strategies and go through that tomorrow night. It's an education session and teach you those things and you should be able to go into the options game and apply them. Um, and then a big Q&A session again. Uh, I think that's just you and me, Ivan, is it? And I think we've got the following week, we've got Graham O'Brien from the ASX coming back to join us. On the education, I, I, I just tend to log in ten minutes before, and then, uh, and then, and then game time. Game time. <laughs> yeah. uh, beautiful. All right. Well, thanks, guys, and um, good to uh, good to have everyone on there tonight. We'll see you next Tuesday, or you can join the next big trade on Thursday. That's the other webcast we've got this week, which. Should well, hopefully we're in trades by then. Maybe if we've got Jason um, doing it, getting us in, uh, we might have a bit more to talk about. But um, excellent, we might even get you onto some of these next big trade sessions, Jason. I think that'd be good. Yeah, excellent. It's nice to see your face. I haven't seen your face for like I don't know six, uh, four months, yeah. maybe three months. Yeah. I don't know. Just before, yeah, no, the the ASX meetup. Yeah, exactly. It's been a while, hasn't it? So um, yeah, it's good. Good to. You've aged so much. What was that? You've aged so much. <laughs> is, is it the beard? The beard makes me look older. <laughs> you know, all yeah. the hair's gone, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's having a kid. <laughs> I can see the um, wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. All the time you're spending at home anyway. <laughs> ah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the new world we live in this year. But work from home, bad for wrinkles. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks guys. guys. Thanks, everyone. No.